Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. My friends, we're looking this morning at these, uh, the roles of parents and children, and also uh, the roles of servants and their masters uh, briefly. And we looked last week at these uh, biblical roles, the biblical outline given to us by God. Our husband must be in the home. The key word for the husband Love, not just biological love, it includes that, but Christian love, Christ love, sacrificial love is to be the thing, the way in which he loves his wife. And the wife's word we saw was to submit, and we explained that uh, in detail uh, last week, and to submit as Christ submits, sorry, as the church submits to Jesus Christ as its head. And uh, we saw how we are to look, as it were, beyond people or do things as unto people. We treat our husbands as, uh, as we do, uh, our sub- we submit as wives to, uh, to our husbands as unto the Lord, for the Lord's sake. It's not just me trying uh, to please my husband. I've also got that idea in my mind, that sentiment in my mind. I'm doing this for Christ, to please Him. And the same, the husband with the wife. And this sort of thinking we, we should carry really into almost all our relationships. And that's what Paul goes on to say here when he talks about children and fathers and servants and masters. So we're looking primarily at uh, children and the role of parents and children. And uh, I was hoping there'll be a, bit, a few more children here today, but uh, there, there isn't. But uh, I will carry on as if you are here. And uh, may the Lord still uh, bless uh, these words to us. Now, I have to say a disclaimer before I begin. I'm no expert on child rearing, on parenting. You have one son, and yes, we, uh, he's turned out well by God's grace. But we, have, we made many mistakes, uh, and uh, there are many regrets, and the many things that we could have done a lot better. So just like last week, I wouldn't say I'm the perfect husband to give you all the advice. But we say these things uh, biblically and seek that uh, this is what we aim for. This is the target that we set for each one of ourselves. So just like last week as well, even though we're focusing on these groups, we hope that there will be something for everyone uh, to pick up and to learn from. So friends, firstly, uh, children. Children, obey your parents. This is the key word uh, for children, to obey their parents. The word means to listen uh, to your parents, to place yourself under their authority, to listen attentively to your parents, to listen with stillness to your parents, without suggest, without answering back uh, to your parents, to listen to advice, uh, to hear and to obey their instructions, to follow their guidelines. Well, there are many voices that call out to children, isn't it? There are many different voices that are trying to influence uh, our children. Many of them are saying, come over to our side. 
all our young young people are hearing voices from everywhere and in the home of course the parents are trying to guide them but they fight against other voices which are trying to lure them away from the lord the world is trying speaks very loudly to our young people and some adults as well speaks very loudly and uh, uh, promises them so much the world is before you look look at all these attractions that are there for you come over to us serve the world but if we know that they are empty promises we know that there are promises of happiness that it cannot keep peers there's peer pressure for for them they have their friends who are also pulling them tugging them in in a different way it seems quite common well not, i wouldn't say common but uh, quite often amongst young teenagers especially that's the thing to be rebellious it's almost a, a good thing to be rebellious and to to actually be obedient to parents almost seems frowned upon oh you 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 listen to your parents you you you, you do what they say it's almost it's almost taken as a, a unique thing a wonderful thing uh, to be a rebel but the biblical way uh, is not so but uh, we, that we should be subject to our parents but peers peer pressure friends uh, try and persuade uh, our young people stop going to church stop reading the bible you read the bible who who reads the bible don't listen friends young friends uh, to these voices they lead they lead they're out to lead us astray i can tell you very briefly about a young man and uh he almost lost his way he grew up in a christian family his mother and father were very diligent in praying for him and reading the scriptures with him and uh, he almost in his teens when he was 16 years old he almost lost his faith he went uh, he went uh, he, uh, away on on a trip he went out really in a sense to see uh, the world but uh, in his journey he came across and made very good friends with a man who sort of believed in god but believed that god wasn't involved in our world almost you could say like an atheist and this this man uh, he who believed in god at that time he was persuaded by the arguments his friend put to him and his friend kept reasoning with him and he kept listening until he he as well was persuaded really there is no god and uh, he can live as he likes and uh, he went back and he told his parents this is the, what he came came to this is his conclusion and his parents of course were heartbroken that their son who they've been loved and prayed for and thought that was a believer was now saying he didn't believe in christ well it was not so long after that that this man he was on a journey and uh, he happened to be staying in an inn yeah, and there was only one room uh, left in that inn and uh, the, the person next door uh, to uh, to, uh, to his room but he heard him it was a young man and he was crying and he was in great agony and in great groans the whole night long and uh, this this friend he could hear these groans and he began to think well, it's a young man and he's dying perhaps he won't see out the night and he's not ready uh, to meet uh, his god and he's only so young the next morning all these thoughts were going through his mind the whole night the very next morning he asked the innkeeper and he said what happened to that man next door to me he passed away he passed away during the night oh what was his name and he told the innkeeper told him his name 
It was the name of his friend. His friend who had led him down the wrong path, whose voice he had listened to. And uh, he, he himself realized, oh, he was shocked to hear about that. And that awakened him again to begin seeking the Lord and making preparations for the Lord and getting right with the Lord. He didn't want to end his life in the same way. Turned out to be one of the greatest missionaries we've had. Adoniram Johnson is his name. And we uh, praise God that he was saved from such uh, a way of thinking. But voices have, have an effect. So uh, listening to our parents is, is, is also, we could say, under attack. But as children, of course, we have a lot to learn, isn't it? We are inexperienced in life. We don't know everything. Uh, we, we, have, we have still, we're still immature in some ways, but our parents have a lot of experience. They've been through things. Uh, they're, they're fully aware of some of the pitfalls in life. Maybe they themselves have fallen into those pitfalls and they want, don't want you to fall into it either. They want to keep you from making the same mistakes. They want to protect you from evil influences. Parents are interested in the welfare of their children. They love their children, of course, immensely. And so uh, it's good for children to listen uh, to their parents, even when they place restrictions on you, even when they sometimes deny you what you so desperately want. Even then, it's good uh, to listen. There's a reason uh, usually behind uh, their restrictions and behind their denials. So obey Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Of course, we are talking about young children here. We're talking about children who are still in the home, not those who are adult children and who are married. That would be different. They still honor their parents, but uh, obedience is, we're talking here more about the children. But here, obey your parents in the Lord, uh, for this is right. In the Lord, it pleases the Lord to obey the Lord. To obey your parents. This is the first thing. You don't do it, you don't want to do it with gritted teeth and with a oh I have to do it attitude, but because you're pleasing the Lord. It's the right thing to do. Just like all God's commandments are the right thing to do. So also this one is the right thing to do. Here is the structure for the home. Here is the order, the God-given order. Parents are to have the authority and the children are to be subject uh, to them. Verses 2 and 3 uh, tell us, reiterate the fifth commandment. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. The only difference here between this and what you find in Exodus chapter 20 is, is regarding the land. The promise here says that thou mayest live long on the earth. If you look in Exodus 20, it says that thou mayest live long on the land. And it's referring at that time uh, to, uh, to the Israelites who were going in to possess the land of Canaan. But here it's extended uh, to all, to the earth. It's a promise for everyone. That word honor is very interesting. It means uh, to prize. It means to fix a value upon to esteem, to, to highly uh, respect. And children, you are to prize your father and mother. To honor them is to respect them, but also to value them highly. 
not just to give them obedience, like a cold obedience, but to give them an obedience that because you value them, because you love them, and because you respect them, it's an obedience, of course, that comes from the heart. Well, let's look a little bit and think about this promise. Verse 3, honor thy father and mother, and what's the promise? That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, it's, it's, it's a promise we know that's, that is a general promise in life. We know, sadly, that some, uh, young, some children die, die very young, and uh, that's a very uh, sad thing uh, to see. But generally, uh, here, uh, if we honor our parents, then this promise is applicable for us if we listen uh, to them. But it's not just uh, obey your mom and dad, and that's a guarantee of, of a long life and a good life and a happy life, of a problem-free life. That's not what the meaning is here. The, the meaning here, rather, as I understand it, is by listening to mom and dad's instructions, I will be kept from things that hurt me and that harm me in life. I will be kept uh, from, from certain things that will ruin my life, that will spoil my life. If I listen to them, if I take their advice on board, then those things that will do damage to my life, well, I'll avoid them because mom and dad said, that's not the way uh, to go. Mom and dad taught me this is the way to walk. So I will say no to those things because they're going to hurt my life. They're going to harm my life. They're going to ruin maybe even my health. And so I will avoid them. Rather like a doctor may tell somebody, don't take up smoking. Smoking, as you know, is going to affect your lungs. And eventually you keep on smoking, it's going to affect your breathing. And then you may, it may even shorten your life. It's good advice, isn't it? If it's, if it's taken on board, well, that person is likely uh, to, um, to live longer. If it's rejected, well, we, it's not always true, but generally it does affect a person's life uh, going forward. It, uh, they may not live as long as they, they could have done if they had avoided that. So also here, as we take on board uh, our uh, parents' instructions, it will put us in good stead for the future, put us in good stead uh, for uh, adult life, and how we need uh, help for adult life, how we need to, as children to be prepared for adult life. Adult life, as we know, is not easy. Adult life, yes, it has many good things about it, but we have, there are also things there are problems, there are difficulties to face, there are hardships, there are stresses in life, and sadly there are people who cannot handle these things. They find it very difficult and overwhelming sometimes when life's problems come upon them, and many people struggle to cope with it. Learning from your parents when you're young, learning obedience, well, that will help you, and that will put you in a better position to face uh, these issues and these problems to cope. It's rather, you could say, like, like a soldier a, or a person who wants to be a soldier and he signs up for the army. Well, the, his commanding officer is not going to put him immediately on the front line. That would be foolish to do that. He cannot fight on a, a battle straight away. He first needs to be trained. He first needs to know hardship. He first needs to know discipline in his life. He, the very first thing they say uh, a, a soldier needs to learn is to obey, to listen to instructions, following instructions, but also all the other things. They need to go for those long, long uh, 
uh, runs with a heavy backpack uh, on their backs so that they know how to manage difficulties when in, in the real situation when it comes. You dare not put a novice soldier into the front line. He would be wiped out immediately. And it's the same for us. If you could think of it like that. The things you are learning under your parents are to prepare you for adult life. Those habits and will contribute to your future well-being and happiness. Well, may I just mention some of these things, uh, practical things even, uh, that we learn and that will be helpful to us. Self-control. The self-control of our temper, of our words, the tone of our voice when we speak, self-control in our eating habits. All these things could be of help to us. Sometimes adults, well, we get into a lot of trouble when we, when we are careless with our words, when we shout and we, get, we hurt other people with our words. We haven't learned, perhaps, to control our words. We hurt other people and we cause so much damage with our words. Well, if we are like this, friends, uh, we are unlikely to have too many friends. If we are too loose, even in, in no self-control in our eating, well, we know what can happen. We know uh, the, the various diseases that could happen to us uh, which would affect the length of our lives. So self-control is one thing. Or we could, when our parents do say no, when they do deny us something that we really, really want. Christmas is coming. Everyone's got their list of things. Children have their list of things. And if, if your parents say no to a certain thing, well, accept that, accept that, friends. It's not, it's not, may not be easy for you, but there's a reason why. And it's good for us to uh, learn rejection in life. It's good when we are young to be able to take no for an answer. And to, because when you're an adult, once again, we, we, we often come across rejections. We don't always have our own way. We wish we could, but it doesn't always happen that way. So when your university rejects you, if your university rejects you, you can cope with it. I knew one girl I, I used to teach, and uh, she applied to all the different universities. First one came back, and, uh, and it was a rejection, and she was in tears. So no one's going to love. No one's going to love me. No one's going to accept me. No one's going to receive me. No one wants me. I said, "You wait. Wait your time." And she did eventually. But uh, we, you know, we struggle, isn't it? Jobs. We apply for jobs. No, sorry, nothing or nothing happens. We have to. We have to be able to cope even with such uh, rejections, uh, everyday rejections like this. Like this. Keeping the rules at home uh, also will help you to keep the rules in society, keep the rules in your workplace. You will be an asset to your company, uh, to your society. Not a rebel. A rebel will be a troublemaker, and that will affect uh, your, your life, your, your, your happiness, uh, even in life. So all, just a few things I mentioned about uh, how our life can be enhanced for the better. Uh, by obeying the Lord. But let's move uh, very quickly to parents. And the word for, for parents is provoke not. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Here it says fathers, but of course it's inclusive of mothers as well. But fathers is, is used because the father is the head of the family and he has 
the responsibility for the home and for the children's upbringing. Now I have to say, friends, and just to remind you once again, uh, if you have children, it's the parents' responsibility to teach the children. Don't leave it to the school. You know, the schools even are now not just teaching you maths and science and physics and English, and that's all very good. They're also teaching the, the, the kids the morality of the time, the worldly morality. They're teaching about sexuality, and we know what path that they are going down on. This is what they are teaching your children. This is what they are putting into your children's minds. Now, you have to preempt all that. You have to, as Christian parents, get to your children, get their minds, get them on your side, get them on the Bible's side before that happens. Because if you don't, oh, there's a real danger. You may lose them. You may lose them to the world and that worldly way of thinking. So input, input, input into their lives. Teach them the scriptures day after day, little here, little there, and you'll find that will prepare them. Teach them about creation. Remember, there's all this evolutionary thinking as well uh, that, that's, that comes through uh, in, the, in the schools. Teach them about that so that they know the, the truth, they know what the Word of God uh, says. But here, going back to our text, provoke not uh, your children. Don't enrage them. Don't irritate them, parents, by your actions. Don't discourage them. Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 21, a parallel verse. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. You remember how once in the Old Testament, uh, King Saul, he was uh, unhappy that, King, that, that David wasn't at, at the feast, and, he, uh, and Jonathan, Saul's son, stood up for David. And Saul was very angry with his son Jonathan. And he publicly embarrassed him and publicly called him names and publicly shamed uh, his son. And Jonathan rose up from his seat and he was very angry. He was provoked by the harsh and severe words of his father and left, uh, left, him, left him there at that time. So we have to be very careful not to do something like that. So I just mentioned some of the areas in which we ought to be careful when we are dealing with our children. We can provoke them by treating them unfairly or by being uh, too severe uh, with them, too strict with our children. Uh, children uh, need an outlet. Children like to play, as we all know. We have to provide that for them and not be over-restrictive. We mustn't always say no. Must encourage them also. We mustn't belittle their ideas when they come up with things, and we should definitely not embarrass them in public before other people and criticize them. Uh, they will, they're likely to be affected uh, by, by that. But rather avoid these friends, but rather uh, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word here, nurture, uh, means to train. Train your child. Uh, teach them by rules and rewards and punishment. It, you can think of it as it's what you do uh, to your child. You're training them in the various departments of life, instilling good habits in them. We've mentioned some of these already. And uh, again, uh, let me just mention a few. I hope you don't mind me mentioning some of these things. I'm sure you've got your own thoughts as well, your own uh, ideas but live, teach them to live frugally, 
train them to live within their means. They don't really need the most expensive trainers. They don't really need the latest model of the uh, of, uh, mobile phone. Of course, make sure you're, you're the same. Make sure you're also living frugally because they look by your example and they will pick up, oh, but mom, dad, you've got this and you've got that. Why can't I have this and I have that? And they're very good, they're very sharp, our children are. So we need to be able to, we need to set the example for them to follow. Teach them to be industrious. Whatever their hand finds to do, do it with your mind, do your studies, do your chores. Teach them chores. Do you teach your children how to do things, friends? Beware of grandparents who, grandparents who tell them, don't give them anything to do, just let them play. Teach them also to uh, chores. To, this also teach them devotions, how to read their Bible, how to pray alone every day. All this is included, friends, under this word, nurture. And also, when necessary, to correct them, to chastise them. Uh, maybe it means you have to deprive them of something that they really like for a time. Well, you know uh, these things. And the second word here, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the child. If nurture is what you do to the child, admonition is what you're saying to him or to her. Instruction, what you teach, teach the child. A warning or correction, encouragement. Encourage your child as well. Give him many, when praise him or her when, when they do well, when they do something well. They will be encouraged by your words. Teach them, of course, spiritual things. Teach them spiritual truth. Teach them of their need of faith in the Savior, the need of conversion, the need of forgiveness. Every, uh, as often as you can, remind them of this, especially when they do something wrong. Don't come down all so hard on them and, and leave it as that. No, teach them through that, through that failure. Show, go back, point out to them, look, the reason why you do such things is because of your sinful heart. You need forgiveness. You need a savior. You need a new heart. Teach them, as we've said, biblical morality uh, and uh, teach them, of, of course, to rely on God. Teach them to pray when they're in trouble, when they're in need, to pray, of course, before a big, uh, the big uh, events in life for them is their exams and other, other issues. But let them see you praying and teach them also uh, to pray for help Teach them to think of other, other people, to do things for other people. Teach them the values of kindness and helpfulness. Well, friends, these are just some of the things, that we, ways in which uh, we can, as parents, uh, bring up our children uh, for, uh, for the, uh, the Lord's uh, glory and name. But I must quickly uh, move on uh, to our next relationship, and that's between servants and uh, their masters. And I'll just be brief uh, here. Servants, again, your word is uh, obey. Uh, the word uh, a servant, a servant is to obey uh, his uh, master. Uh, it's not specifically here talking about an employee-employer relationship, but uh, you can easily draw out the principles from here and apply it uh, to uh, the workplace. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, slavery was prevalent in society. Uh, slaves were traded. They had no freedom. They were regarded as property rather than as human beings. 
and they had no control over their own lives. For many of them, it was a very miserable life. The Old Testament law, well, that made it a little bit more palatable and regulated uh, slavery. A person under the Old Testament law was more a, a, a servant than a slave. But under the, in the Roman world, where Paul is writing to now, and where many are slaves, things were very different. It was a hard life to be a servant, a slave. It was a hard life, uh, a miserable life at, at times. Uh, they were uh, under tyrannical and hard and cruel uh, masters. And yet here Paul still doesn't admonish them to rise up against their masters. He ad advises them still to obey their masters. Now we can never uh, tolerate uh, slavery. It's, uh, it's tyrannical slavery can never be condoned. However, here we see Paul, he doesn't advise the slaves to rise up and fight for their freedom. It's not the time to fight for freedom. It's not the time for Christianity to address this moral evil. That time will come, uh, and it did come. Uh, we see in, in, certainly in the Western slavery that used to happen, it was Christianity that abolished, brought an ab abolishment to slavery. But at this particular time, when the gospel is just beginning to spread and just beginning to permeate society, it hasn't as yet done so, but it's beginning to permeate society. Well, now this is the main thing that must go forward, to, to suddenly start rising up against a, a very common site of, of slavery. Well, that may put the progress of the kingdom of God in jeopardy. So for the time being, that is left to one side. Not, uh, not condoned, but left to one side. And the focus here is on, Paul is saying, as servants, as slaves, uh, set a good a testimony by obeying your masters. Be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. That is, conscientiously, uh, with a fear of a failing in your duty, in singleness of heart, uh, sincerely, as unto Christ. Do all your chores, do all your, your tasks, even those menial and dirty tasks, as if you were doing it for Jesus Christ himself. Look beyond your earthly master. He may be cruel, he may be unreasonable, he may be very harsh, but still see your, your duty, your work, as serving the Lord. Verse 6, Not with eye service, as men pleases, not with eye service, not only when he is around, not only when he's, in, he's in, your, in your presence, when he can see what you're doing, at all times. Do your work diligently at all times. It would have been easy for the slaves to slacken. They had no wage. They had nothing really given to them apart from a few earthly uh, comforts. And so they could have well have said, well, my, my master, he treats me so badly and he pays me hardly anything. You know, if he's not around, why should I uh, work for him? Why should I be diligent? Why should I uh, not just take it uh, easy? But Paul says, no, be diligent also, always, not only when he is around. And our faith should be in Christ, should make us friends, better employees than we are. Oh, but the boss doesn't notice. In this day and age, the boss, we are, we are told, uh, must notice what we're doing in order for us to get a promotion or, 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 or to advance. But it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter because it's the Lord uh, takes notice of, of it. We are to be good employees as well. Yeah, I once heard a Christian friend and he, he, he ran his own company and he said, sadly, yeah, he said to say, he had to say, I don't take on Christian employees. He said, non-Christian employees are better. They're more diligent, they work harder. What a sad indictment for those particular people. Well, friends, we don't want to be, uh, give such a, a testimony, but to be diligent and conscientious in what we do, doing the will of God uh, from the heart, willingly, with good will doing service, not in a grudging way, but as to the Lord. And then verse 8, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Such service done as to the Lord, noticed by the Lord, well, it will be rewarded by the Lord in this life and also uh, in the next. Whatever that servant is doing, whatever menial task he is doing, the Lord notices. The Lord sees, sees those things. The world says, oh, it's, it's irrelevant. It's such a small thing. We don't take notice of small tasks like that. We only pay attention to the big and the great things that people are doing and the big contributions and the life-changing uh, things that people are doing. No, friends, the, that's how the world thinks, but not Christ. The little that these servants were doing, the menial tasks they were doing for His name to bring glory to His name, he recognized, he noticed, he takes note of. Same for us. We may be in a very little position, a menial job that we're doing. You do it for him. He notices. He records it. He will bless you in this life. He highly esteems uh, these things uh, when done for him, and he won't uh, forget. Verse 9, Masters, here's your, your position. Forbear uh, threatening. Don't oppress him. Don't oppress your servant. Don't bully him, don't, don't threaten him, don't put fear into him. Treat him, you're a Christian master, treat him as a fellow human being. Treat him as an equal. The order is still there. He's not saying get rid of the order, uh, just make him also a fellow master. That's not what he's saying, but treat him as a human with fairness and kindness and respect. Christian masters or friends, Christian employees should never be bullies. Never be uh, uh, bully people in such a way. We saw it recently in the world, isn't it? Where you had this multi-billion takeover of a, of a big company and the richest man in the world, well, he's come across as a bully. It sacked thousands of people, I think it was on the first day, and then gave people an ultimate, ultimatum to the remaining staff Sign up for long hours at high intensity or lose your job with three months severance pay. Well, that's bullying language, isn't it? Suddenly to rob people of their jobs for, and then to demand such uh, things of them. Well, friends, that should never be of a Christian employer. We have a master in heaven to whom we are also accountable. And, in, and the way that a master treats his servants well, he has to pay, give an account uh, for that on the last day. Well, friends, we've looked at these roles and the biblical approach uh, that we should have. 
Let us always remember order and structure is always going to be there. And it's good for us, it's good for society that some of these things are in place, especially that parent-child relationship. Well, let us come before the Lord and ask for his help to do our role humbly and as unto him, ever keeping him in view. Let's close this morning by singing our final hymn, Father, I know that all my life is portioned out for me, number 548.